want tomorrow they'll be held to pay Attentively, I mean about future calamity. I used to think the idea was obsolete. Hello, Nicholas. You sound like you're on old time radio. Yeah, do I sound like I'm on old time radio, ladies and gentlemen? Yes. Oh, the humanity. Oh, it's all burning. It's all burning. The bodies are all dead. Oh, my God. Oh, the humanity. Oh, jeez, I'm Pete's. That's just the worst. Oh, oh, fart nuggets. Oh, oh, oh dear. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, hi, Nick. Oh, hi, James. Uh, how's it going? It is not going badly. It is a better day than my uh, Monday was. Monday was very, very frustrating. What happened? <laughs> my uh tire like pretty much exploded um like i mean it didn't like explode explode but you know i i was almost to work and i got into the parking lot and i was like something is seriously wrong and i got out and looked at the car and the uh there was to say there was no air in the tire doesn't really give you a good um idea about what it was it was just like the it was like somebody had stabbed the tire with a large it was utterly head. flat. Dude, that it happened to me the week before last. Utterly flat. Like, utterly, utterly flat. Yeah. I, I was, dude, I was driving on River Road and, like, my truck, like, the tires are pretty stiff, you know, because they're truck yeah. tires. Yeah, and tires. the back, one of the back tires, like, I looked at my PSI and it was at 24. And there's, it's supposed to be closer to like 34. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's kind of weird. Um, and I took a turn and I heard like a, f f f like a noise yeah. behind me, but nothing slipped. Like I didn't feel anything slip or give or anything. And I look at the PSI again. And it was at one. And this is this is in like a hundred yards. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Had got to change that. Uh. In a parking lot in the rain. Uh. And changing a truck tire involves uh lowering the spare from underneath the bed of the truck. And oh yeah. All sorts of interesting stuff. Lots of pieces and uh, bars to insert into tiny holes to release shit and then crank it back. That's nuts. But the good thing was I had uh, road hazard insurance on it. I bought it for like 30 bucks, and so I got a whole new tire for free. A whole new tire? whole new tire. A whole fantastic point of view. Mm, 300 bucks saved. Nice. Yeah, it was excellent. Uh, hey, James. Hey, Nick. Hey, James. Nick. James. Nick. Welcome to Dork. Welcome to Dork. I'm Nick Moore. I'm James Brown. I'm Nick Moore. You're listening to Dork episode 197. Oh my God. The bicentennial approaches. That's, I don't know why that's not a French thing. Speaking of some of the world's greatest duos, I just watched a trailer for Stan and Ollie. Were you aware this movie was getting made at all? No. It's about... It's about... Uh, the uh, um, Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy. Yeah, Laurel and Hardy, and it's um, okay. The Steve Coogan is playing Stan Laurel. Okay, I can see that. And um, he's a skinny oh, guy. Dad Gummit, uh What's his name? The dude that was in um, Talladega Nights and Bill Ferrell. No, the other one. Uh, uh, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. He plays Ollie. And no. I know what you're thinking. He's not that big. He's, he's in makeup. He looks fantastic. Oh. And he he's got it, dude. I posted the I posted the trailer on my Facebook page. Go watch it. It, it he they both have both the characters down perfect. Nice. It is amazing. Like John C. Riley was doing all the little hands, the stuff with the tie and all that. But like also being him out of character. And like it's dude, it's amazing. It's just an, this looks like an amazing flick. That sounds so, that sounds interesting. I do want to check that out. Yeah, it wasn't anything that I knew was being made. I didn't know I'd be excited about it, but I saw it and I was like, oh my God, I really want to see this movie. This looks fantastic. Well, cool. So there's that. There is that. That's, <clears throat> that's fairly big news. Yeah. Uh, another fairly bullshit news uh, for all of us 
out there that watch BattleBots. Oh my god! Saw the Rumble, the Last Chance Jesus Rumble last fuck. week. Oh my god! Let me. Oh shit! Fucking what? Yeah, like he was. You know, the Last Chance Rumble. They put is like six bots all in a pile. Everybody go, and it you know, kind of comes down to last bot standing, or or to points. And this one really came down to one bot still moving around, and it was Duck. Yeah. This is a sturdy little fucking uh, robot. Yeah, and w- which is awesome. The whole the whole crowd at the end of it was going duck, 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 and then right at the end, King of the Assholes Bombshell moves a little bit. Yeah, and, and the judges unanimously give the decision to Bombshell. Yeah, when they said unanimous, I was like, oh yeah, Duck's got this one, and then they were like Bombshell, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Carol and I were were angry. You were, and you and I, and like when I I watched it before you did, and I was like, I need you to watch this episode because I'm gonna need your opinion. Because, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and I watched. It was the last, it's the last fight. So I'm watching every one. I'm like telling James after each one, I'm like, hey, I just watched this one. He goes, no, keep going, <laughs> keep going. And I was like, oh, I mean, I'm not seeing anything controversial. And then I get to the last one. I was like, you motherfuckers. Seriously. Yeah, it was it was bullshit. And you know, it, it, I'm looking on Twitter as well. Um, like, there's people saying like, "Can we start a petition to get Duck into BattleBots?" Big Nut, turning, you know, how how Rucker drove the crap out of that Rumble, dude hung with Tombstone. It was by far the toughest in that match. You know. Yeah, like the dude deserves to be in the finals. And nope, Captain Dillho, who's gonna fucking blow it. He's going to eat shit. I mean, Bombshell. I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, like, he irritates the shit out of me. And not just because he gets knocked around by, you know, pretty much every other bot he's fought this year. But Yeah, and, um, and blows for, basic opportunities, makes poor choices. Makes poor choices. That was the thing. You know, he, like, had that configuration with the wedge and the um, vertical spinner. You know, going into the tournament uh, last year, and or last last time, and you know he like beat Minotaur with that thing, and he beat somebody else with that thing, and then like when he gets to the fucking final, decides to go with a horizontal spinner because he's like, oh, it's made exactly like Tombstone, so it's gonna like, like when you have a mod- modular bot, I understand you want to like, you know, you have things designed for a specific reason, but you've seen you like, oh my god, fuck, and he gets got torn apart, he got torn apart, he got torn apart. It's going to happen again. Oh, and then, he's like, he's what is he? Zero and four this year. Yeah, he's eight shit. He's eight shit. He's getting he's gotten knocked out of the ring on two occasions. I mean, Bronco was knocking everybody out of the ring, so that's not really a surprise. But like, fucking bite force knocked him out of the ring. Shit. Yeah. So we had to get that shit off our chest. Oh my god! It was there was a blue cloud hanging above my house. Garbage. Oh my um, God. Speaking of garbage, so today <laughs> I walked into the bathroom at Target, and the whole the whole bathroom smelled like it had been assaulted. Like somebody had gone in there and just and that's not unusual for a grocery store bathroom. Like you don't go take a dump in a grocery store bathroom because you're like I kind of have to poop. You're like no no I'm in the grocery store and this isn't waiting until we get home. Uh, this is a business shit and yes. business will be done in that bathroom and that is a business class bathroom. In other words, only business is done there. Exactly. Well, somebody had done their business, but they had shit their pants and uh, had just thrown their shitty underwear into the uh, the garbage. Into the garbage. And the garbage can they've got in there right under the paper towels doesn't have like one of those little floppy things that like hides. Yeah, yeah. Just an open box. It's, uh, people, listeners, you, you can't see the look on my face, but it's probably the same one that you're making right now. Like, you know, the the face of disgust that you're like trying to like not make affect the way you speak. So I'm just, I wanted to communicate that. Yeah, go ahead. And I'm, I'm not going to go into too much detail about the gray Hanes boxers full of shit that were sitting on top of the paper towels. Um, I'll leave that to your mind, but yeah, it w- they were uh, decidedly befouled and the whole bathroom was, was got awful. That was only the second awkward thing that happened to me in that bathroom today. 
So that was the second, as in like numerically, there was something that came first, or that was the second most awkward thing. I'm going to say both. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say both, and I'll I'll go ahead and explain what happened. Please do. I went into the bathroom. I peed, as one does, mm-hmm. at the urinal because I'm a grown man. And then I went to the sink, and I I turned the paper towel thing so the paper towels are ready for me to grasp. Because what's the point of turning the knob thing with uh, clean hands and you're touching the dirty part? Like, you know, whatever. So I'm washing my hands. I go to dry them. A gentleman walks into the bathroom, goes to the urinal. And I'm like, uh, and I'm not watching him, you know, but I'm, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I see this guy come in, go to the urinal. All right. Grab the paper towel, dry my hands, turn off the water. Head comes back up. See in the mirror, the gentleman has put both of his hands behind his back and has his hands clasped together as a, though he were at parade rest. Okay. Um, yeah. And I assume he was peeing with no hands. And like, this is just his thing. It would have been less weird if he'd walked in, James, and pulled his pants down to the knees. Like, I was just <laughs> like, like, what the fuck is that? Like, it, it's... Not the craziest thing, but it's just enough to make you question the world, the reality in which you live. I mean, if it was one of those urinals, it goes like you know all the way down to the floor. It did but not. That would be one thing. No, adult wall-mounted urinal. Okay. Yeah. So that there was that, and again, I was like, I, I'm losing my mind. That's I'm crazy. That's not a thing that happens. You know, it's like if you get on an elevator and like three. Uh, Japanese businessmen come in and they all turn and face a different wall, you know, and the elevator starts going down and you're just like, what, what, what?" like you just, you know, like that. It's the thing. It's got me off kilter anyway, because um, I spent all day yesterday and today listening to Laird Barron's latest collection of short stories, uh, the Imago sequence and his, all of his stuff. It's HP Lovecraft shit. It's just like about guys going crazy and the, you know, the cosmic forces that are toying with them and shit. So I was already a little off and there was one story about this dude and the, the punchline is that he, he's like in Chinese hell, like one of the, one of the Chinese hells, like yeah. there's lots and lots of Chinese hells. Chinese have many hells, Jack. Yeah. Uh, the DU, the other fucking crazy ass Chinese hells, um, or Naraka or whatever you want to call it. Right. But, that got me thinking. That and the fact that I've been watching The Good Place again, um, I've been on kind of like a hell mindset. You've been kind of hell bent? Yeah. Like just thinking about the concept of hell. And so I spent a chunk of last night reading up on uh, the Chinese hells. And man, let me tell you, they are way better at hell than we are. Like, Christian hell, like your concept of of hell of, of growing up. What what is it, James? It's fire, basically, right? You go down, it, you go downstairs, and there's like fire, and maybe you have to like toil and work all the time. But it's basically, you know, like it's really hot. Yeah, fire, lake of fire, maybe. I mean, growing up, and then like after I read, you know, the Inferno, and there's like you know specific punishments for specific kinds of sins, like if you were. Um, Circles, uh, as it were. Yeah, circles, as it were. Like if you were a suicide, then you would turn into a tree, and you couldn't talk unless somebody like damaged you and or cut you, and like until your damage was repaired, you know, you would like basically bleed as you talked, and then like as soon as you were healing, then you couldn't talk anymore. And like you know, as a tree, you couldn't also move anymore. So, you know, like in the people buried upside down with their feet sticking out, and um, if you were like a betrayer, then you were frozen, like Judas and Brutus. You know, specific things like that. But, like, mostly it was just like, you know, you're in the fiery pit, the lake of fire. Yeah. Your soul's going to burn at a lake of fire. Yeah, we got a, we had a lot of talks about that growing up in the church I grew up in. That was kind of their meat and bone, their uh, meat and potatoes. Now, don't forget, you could go to hell, and it sucks. And they try to get creative, as creative as a person who's read one book can get. You know, like, um, so... You know, you, you go to hell and it's just like, if you've ever been burned, 
you know how much that hurts. Now imagine that, but like 10 times worse and over your entire body. And that is what you experience for eternity. And they all had the same analogy that they passed around about eternity. Like, so if you have like Mount Everest, right? Mm -hmm. And then once a year, a bird comes and he sharpens his beak on the top of Mount Everest, right? And then he flies away. And then he comes back a year later and he does it again. By the time he has whittled the mountain flat, eternity will have only just begun. Well, that, it's deep. Yeah, that concept of forever is shit compared to the Narakas, the, the Buddhist hells, right? Like, okay. There are, there are eight cold Narakas and eight hot Narakas. All right. So eight levels of cold, like, you know, they do, the first they do a lot with number eight, don't they? Eightfold path and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Eight's their lucky number. Okay. Um, so, so, um, like the first cold Naraka is called Arbuda, right? Okay. And it, that means a blister. And so it's a, like a big frozen plane that's, everybody's naked and you're, you're born into it like totally alive. I mean, like totally uh, full-grown and naked, and it's just cold and snowing, and you—it's so cold that it raises blisters on you. Okay. Okay. Right. So you live in, in and the Narakas aren't for like Chinese uh, Buddhist hells. It's not forever. Like you are there to pay a karmic debt, and once you have lived in this hell for long enough, then you move up. You either move up to the next hell, or you are reborn in paradise or whatever, you know? So this is the first one. That's the first one. And the amount of time you spend in there, it's not forever, but it's the time it would take if you had a barrel full of sesame seeds and you took one out every hundred years. Oh. When it's empty, you're good. In case you're wondering how long that is, it's two times 10 to the 12th. Years. Uh, shit. But it's not forever. No. Two times to the 12th would be um, a trillion? Two trillion? It's just two trillion years. So... I say that, like, that's not thousands of times more than the age of the universe. <laughs> now, saying that, that's the first hell. And the time... For the next seven, each lifetime there is 20 times longer than the one before. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So it's like a Richter scale. It's like exponential. Yeah, so the time you get to the last one, the Mahapadma, the Great Lotus, cold Naraka, uh, it's so cold that your entire body cracks into pieces and the internal organs are exposed to the cold and crack. 2.56 times 10 to the 21st years long. Um, wow. That's yeah. pretty close to the number of atoms that is in 22.3 liters of air. Yeah, so there's that. 22.3. That's 22.1. God damn it. I can't remember what a mole of air is. I'm failing as a chemist. Which is why, you know, I'm not a chemist. But anyway. Yeah, the um, the hot ones. It's the same thing where it starts where it's like hot and it sucks. Like, um, you know, you're you're uh, except there, like you're also attacked by demons with weapons, and shit just gets worse and worse as you go along. Wow. Yeah. Like. Um. Yeah. The last one is just a big blazing oven that you live in. It just sucks. <laughs> like, That's so poetic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like the third the third one on the list is uh, Samgata, the crushing Naraka. So it's hot. But you're also crushed between giant rocks that smash you into a bloody jelly. Do you like heal or do you just like remain immediately? Immediately just, after they like oh. it kills it kills you. Like you die from the suffering, right? But you immediately are born whole. Yeah. Like every, like it's constant. Like you do die, but you're like it's like dying in a video game. You're back. 
and just the suffering begins again. Because what would be the point if you just suffered at the same point? Like, you, like that's what I threw at my, my third youth minister about hell. I was like, okay, so it burns like like that bad all the time. He's like, yeah. I was like, okay, well, eventually you're going to get used to it. That becomes your baseline. You know, it's, especially if you're going to be there forever, like you, I would imagine you just get over it. At some point, we're just like, yeah, this is life, man. This sucks. But um, I don't know, maybe open a hot dog cart or something. Like I got to keep myself busy. I'm going to be here forever, right? right. And that's the therein lies the beauty of the Chinese hells uh, because there's hope. There's a little bit of hope. It's uh... going gonna, it's, it's gonna to end. That's the thing. Yeah, I was just eventually. thinking about that. It's like if you tell them it's affinity, it's like, oh well, you know, you don't have anything to look forward to. So, yeah, abandon hope, all ye who enter. Exactly. So yeah, how bad can it sting? It's just pain. But the Chinese hells. So they've got those eight. The Chinese take the the eight Buddhist hells or the the eight cold and the eight hot, and they are like, you know, the world has changed. So there's another eighty four thousand hells on top of that that are all tailored for depending on what you know what you need to get your shit kinked out um and they add shit like the hell of the mountain of knives like you're thrown off a cliff onto it just a big pile of knives that you have to climb yeah shit like that or one where you're suspended by ropes around your uh like hooked through your collarbones and just covered in maggots uh another one where you're you're thrown into a, a pit of filthy blood like just diseased got off of blood and you drown on it and until it's like exploding at all your orifices and shit just stuff like that and they're like they also take the point of adding like you know the world has changed so we've some things are i'm sure have updated you know like i'm sure there's one for you know guys that steal internet yeah <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of shit um, like you're you're tattooed with circuit boards or something, or circuit boards fall on you. I get, or like you're forced to like you're forced to masturbate to internet porn all day, but it's just you fucking your mother. Like that's the porn. Yeah. And you have you gotta keep beating off to that forever until your dick is like a bloody pulp, and then you die of blood loss and are born again. Um. Now here's the thing, like. If if you got that, like there there's some hells where like, like have you watched The Good Place? I've seen a couple episodes. Okay, you need to watch it. Um, and it makes me not want to talk about it because, like, there's, like they're in the good place, but you know there's a bad place, right? Right. And it's figured that like some people don't realize they're in the bad place. Yeah. Which begs the question: What's the point then why would you put someone in a hell like like i've read stories where you know the punchline is they're in hell okay yeah like there's an episode of twilight zone that's like that yeah so let's take the twilight zone episode what's the point if you don't know you're in hell you're just having a bad day maybe that's the point maybe i mean well i mean it depends like if you if you don't think you're being punished like you don't have anybody to blame You know, like you're like, oh, this is just, just, just happening to me. And I'm like, you feel sorry. You may feel sorry for yourself. You may feel down. But if you like, you know, you can be like rage at like God or the devil, whoever put you in this place is like, ah, and that's like some kind of like, re, you know, relief for some people. But if they just think that they are having a bad day or if they're like, you know, life is just shitty, then that is their lot. That's their, that's just where they are. And they don't feel any kind of justification or resentment or anything like that. They just are suffering. It's but then just how, how is it punishment though? Because you don't realize that you're being punished. That's a good point. But I don't, I don't know. You know, it's like, ah, oh, man, when I die and go to hell, it's going to be something like this. But like, what, you know, and like the devil's like, ah, ha, ha. You don't know that, you know, you are doing that. Ah, you're futile. You're futilely attempting to make it in life. Uh, get that promotion, whatever. But it's all empty, and you're gonna die, and it'll start all over again. Ah ha ha! I'm I'm the devil. Well, I mean, I see that, but like eventually, if you if you plan to tell them, then you know, and then they can look back on all that and like feel 
utterly distraught about how their life has gone and that they were in hell the entire time, or how their life was gone. How their yeah, but gone. that's like a five-second win for the devil. Where he's like, ha you were in hell. And they're like, no, it's all been hell. Uh, I just know this now. But And then I guess I'm in hell. This is horrific. And it was like, and now it starts all over again. You're like, no. And then it starts over. And you don't, you totally don't realize. You, so you, you live another lifetime. Like, even when I'm having like bad days, I'm still like, nah, at least I'm not in hell. You know, like, and the devil doesn't, you don't get that with that light, with that eternal torment where you're just right. like, ah, this sucks. Nah. Nah. Just, you're just like, ah, Mondays for forever. Like, ah, Mondays <laughs> suck. Ah. Lost my job. My wife's cheating on me. Ah. Friends are dicks. One of them stole my truck. Yeah, someone yeah. stole my truck and I'm like, ah. I'm gonna go have a beer. Like there's solace. Like if if unless you blow your brains out, right? We all have that thing where things suck and you find solace in something where you get like a break. There's a surcease of the pain and suffering. Right, like wood, like you whittle wood or something. Yeah, like you take your mind off it. And hell, you wouldn't think would allow for that. So like people are like, hell is other people. That's fair. I mean, there's a whole play about it. But like... Just thank you, Sartre. Yeah, thanks, dude. Um, but like... Also, kind of not. Like, I can get along with anybody. Give me time. Especially if we've got eternity. If we've got eternity to do that. Wham. I'll make friends with anybody. <laughs> Give me a week. We can we can handle this shit. I've shared offices with guys for years where I'm just like, okay, I could kill them. But then, you know, you make it work. Maybe just you're stuck you're in an room. example for everyone. I am not, sir. <laughs> okay, hold on. Turn your key, sir. I was drinking, drinking. Yeah. And it's making it feel good. Did you eat your pickle? You eating your pickle. Everybody wants some, but I want some too. Everybody wants some. How Sorry, about. Oh, did you dribble? Uh, got my headphones back on. Yeah, I had a grip grip job. My beverage is linking. I'm trying a new Bloody Mary mix this week. Oh, uh, what's your usual mix? Uh, usually I go with uh, Mr. Mrs. T's. Okay, um, what's your new one? Mr. Mrs. T Bloody Mary mix. <laughs> a beautiful, beautiful don't drink my Bloody Mary mix. Do you remember that commercial? It was. It was. I mean, I remember Mr. T doing a lot of shit, but you know. no. No, no, no. It was on Saturday Night Live. It was. <laughs> It, he, it was him, Mr. T, and then the chick playing Mrs. T was one of the little skinny white girls from the early 80s, I want to say. I can't remember her name. But she was like, she had a, a, a mohawk. Like, he put a mohawk wig on her. Like, oh. And she looked like Mr. T, but she was a little skinny white girl. And so he's like, I'm Mr. T. <laughs> this is Mr. Mr. T, Buddy Mary Wakes. And she pops up and she's like, Shut up, old man. <laughs> this is. <her. laughs> I drink this Mr. Mr. T Bloody Mary mix. I pity you for And she like pounds it, like gets it all over her face. She's like, I pity you to drink Mr. Mr. T Bloody Mary mix. And Mr. T is losing his shit. He's trying to keep it together and be tough, but he is powerless in this insane shit. Robin Duke? That don't sound right. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think she was. It was. Uh, I don't remember. Robin Duke is Mrs. T, and Mr. T is himself during the Mr. and Mrs. T Bloody Mary mix skit, October 2nd, 1982. Robin Duke? Yeah, I don't even know who that is. No idea. Hold on. Is she, was she one of, like, really short? I mean, she was skinny. No, I mean, really short-lived. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, Saturday Night Live. Let's see. She, 81 to 84. Um, bah, bah, bah. Yeah, this has been before I was watching Saturday Night Live, really. Holy shit. Catherine O'Hara was in Saturday Night Live. She replaced Catherine O'Hara. Oh. O'Hara was on there, and she backed out after uh, one of the writers yelled at the cast and crew for ruining the show during its sixth season. So, um, oh, that is her. I didn't know her name. I thought it was somebody else. 
Yeah. But yeah, she played Wendy Weiner. Her and Joe Piscopo were the whiners, and they would just oh yeah, whining. Joe Piscopo. Yeah, she. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's also remembered for appearing with Mr. T as the equally bizarre Miss T in a faux commercial for the real life product Mr. Miss T's Buddy Ray Mix. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes me smile. But hell. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was thinking about it, and I was like, "Man, I, I think Christianity deserves better, a better hell." And that's well, problem with the world today. I mean, it has been updated since like the 1300s, so you know. I'm sure somebody has. Actually, have we talked about the Sandman Slim novels? Well, those are mainly based on Milton, anyway. Um, yeah, I, I listened to the first one. Yeah. I not I, bad, but yeah, like. I, I, I I enjoyed the first one. The second and third one just were kind of getting, you know, they were all right. Same old, same old. Yeah, it was the same old, same old. But then, like, you know, I don't know. They're just kind of dark and weird. Gotcha, gotcha. I wasn't as into them as the first one. The first one was like nice and fresh and like almost like stream of consciousness, like the way that was accounted for like every, pretty much every, you know, there were no like gaps in what was going on. It's pretty intense. Hmm. Well, I like Clive Barker's Hell. It's the like the world of Pinhead. Oh yeah, um, it's interesting. Like as this concept of hell is a, it's a, just another, like, um, oh, what's the word? Another dimension. Yeah. Um, where everybody's really into bondage. Ultimate um, pain and ultimate ultimate pain and ultimate. We pleasure. have such wonders to show you. Mm. Yeah, I I don't I'm not into that argument of it. I I'm a bit of a masochist. Like I I don't mind a hot chick beating the shit out of me. Like on the back, I don't like spankings. That's stupid. Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I get it. Some guys are into it, but I would just feel silly. Like Carol's like you, you know. We had that conversation once where she's like, You mean it like you want to try? You mean to spank you? And I was like, I have no interest in being spanked. Uh, I've uh, absolutely no part. It's like feet for me. Like, again, I don't get the foot thing. I understand where it comes from. I understand some guys are really into it. Dave Chappelle did a whole thing about it in one of his latest stand up specials where he's just like, I'm into feet, dude. Like, and he's like completely honest. He's like, I like, you know, I'll fuck my wife's feet. I get her pedicures and shit, <laughs> you know, make it all nice. And I, I like, fuck my wife's feet. And he, you know, he kept make, making jokes about it. And but he, he was being honest. You know, he's like, "That's my thing. I'm in defeat." You know, whatever. But like, at the, he, he made a joke about it. like his wife got all mad at him, and she like, you know, went went to bed and like covered up, and she like went to sleep. He's like, "All right, you can, you know, you can hide yourself, but you left him feet out from under the covers. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get him because he's a foot rapist." <laughs> but like. Like again, not my thing. Yeah. Not my thing. I understand chicks that are into it. Like, it, it's kind of a submissive thing. And if you're like a really submissive male, I I get the, the spanking thing, you know, as well. It's like ah, I'm totally being dominated. But again, it just seems it's like you might as well be wearing a diaper, dude. Some people do that. Some people do, and they go on Jerry Springer. Jerry, Jerry, yeah. Um, how fucked up is that? I would hate to find out any like significant information about my any of my loved ones, my romantic partner, my brother, sister, whatever, like on national television. Yeah, and there, you know, there were have been consequences for the, for that. There was this one. There was a dude who, um, I think it was Sally Jesse Raphael. Uh, I don't think it was Jerry Springer. I think it was like before that, where like his buddy came on and told him that he was he was gay, and that he was in love with him. Yeah, and, and he, he killed him. He killed him. Uh, it may have been Jerry Springer. I dude, I can't remember. For some reason, I'm thinking it wasn't. But like that's what he blamed it on. He said he just sprung it on me, and like when it came down to the trial, it turned out he kind of knew before, and like it wasn't as. But but he argued that he was embarrassed by it. And the dude had embarrassed, you know, embarrassed him, and that's why I did it. But like, 
still, like, you know what the show is. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, and they're like, we want, then they, he's, they, the show said that they, they told, or he said that the show told him that uh, they were bringing him on because somebody had a crush on him and they were going to tell him. That was all they said. And then it was his buddy. But again, dude, you just go, I'm not gay. I mean, I appreciate it. Like, I'm sorry, I can't reciprocate that. You're a good friend. But like, I mean, I'm yeah. never gonna I'm never gonna be gay, so I don't know what to tell you, dude. You know. I'm not saying that it's right, I'm not saying that it's fair, but I mean so not everybody's that advanced. There's like levels on the individual what do you call it, the personal development chart. You know, people like you know, people at one stage see the world in black and white, people at another stage see the world in like black and white and gray. Other people see the world in like shades, you know, all the entire spectrum and they can see like different points of view and put themselves in other people's shoes. But like if you're one of those, you know, dualism people, just like like this is right, this is wrong. And you think somebody's done you wrong and you're not mature enough to like deal with it in a mature go, way. Oh, oh, you're gay. I'm not. Um that that's the end of that. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, obviously, he could have like, like he could have been embarrassed and just like hid himself away and like you know run away from the world and like moved to fucking Timbuktu. But it's never right to kill anybody. Yeah. Never right to murder anyone. But I mean, for somebody, that's hell. Yeah. Is there all their friends coming out to him slowly, one at a time? Like they just found out that everybody they thought was their friend just wanted to fuck them. Which I guess is what it's like for women. A lot of women. <laughs> guy friends, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm like I'm. I have a lot of female friends. Um, and I'm happily married. I would never cheat on Carol. But like, as a dude, you're just like, okay, look, you're a female in my presence. Like, if we were on a, you know, stuck in an elevator for a week, it might happen. If we were stuck in the elevator for two or three hours, it might happen. I mean, <laughs> you never know. I'm not counting it out. Like, I guess that's the male, the straight male mindset. The gay male mindset is like, I'm going to fuck everything. I don't care. It, like, <laughs> as explained to me by my gay friends, which don't have to do much explaining, it's like, you know, the male libido unchecked by the female brake system is just like, hey, what you going to do? I don't know. Let's put loaded guns up each other's asses. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, as a dude, after you come, clarity washes over, and you're like, "Oh man, that was fucked up." But in the throes of like when you haven't come, your brain is completely shut off. You're just like, "Yeah, whatever." Like a chick could be like, "Yeah," like that's why skyscrapers get built, just because you know some chicks like you build big building, I'll have sex with you. And the guy's like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah," and he builds a huge skyscraper, and he's like, "See, I did it," and she's like, "All right, I'll have sex with you." Uh, but you got to let me live in the top floor. Yeah, sure, that's great. And they have sex, and the guy's like, "What did I do?" <laughs> Until the next that's time he wants to get laid. Yeah. And that's... we have two guys. The guys are like, "Hey, uh, we should try and fuck everybody around us." Yeah, let's do that. And then they're in a gay bar, and so all the other guys are just like, "Okay, sure, why not?" You don't see that shit in a lesbian bar. Like they're drinking seriously. They're having deep conversations. Gay bar, like they've got. Uh, topless dudes in like underwear serve a drinks. Lesbian bar, it's just chicks back there. Sometimes they have a guy, but I better believe he's clothed. Got to get drinks. Well, and yeah. my God, it's a sanitary problem. Like if you're shirtless and sweating, you're going to get sweat all over the drinks. Exactly. What the hell? And you better be washing your hands. Gay bar, forget it. Bathroom don't even have a door on it. Like you go in, the, there's like four stalls and no doors on any of them because people are fucking in it. And it doesn't change anything because there's still going to be guys fucking in it. They're just like, no door. Well, we got two sides, three sides. Yeah, covered. We're good. Bam. Let's go fucking that stall. Nope. Somebody's in there. Next one. Hey, you guys fucking? Yeah, we're fucking. Oh, we're going to go fuck too. That's great. It's so hot. You want to watch us fuck while y'all fuck? Yeah, let's do this. And then they finish. Everybody's like, well, thank God we're at a bar. Let's go get a drink. You know, race that. But yeah, 
Like I've told Carol, I I've been perfectly honest. Like anything you're into, just be honest with me, and I'm I'm down. I don't I have no qualms about it. There's nothing. I am a dude. There's nothing you're gonna come at me with. Or I'm gonna be like, mm. like the only line I have is the devil's three way. Like no, thank you. Or like you want to watch me blow a dude? Nope, not my thing. Like I just it's not it's not for me. Do you understand, woman? It's not my thing. I have a I have a line there. So your devil's three way is not even okay if you you and the other guy don't make eye contact and don't touch each other. Dude, I'm a real eye contact guy. Like when I talk to people, <laughs> I try and make like direct eye contact over and over and over again. I can't maintain eye contact because that's weird. But like you're gonna look at the other dude, especially like when your dicks are out and they're like like if you keep your head down the whole time, you're gonna see the other dick, and then you're gonna immediately both look up. And that makes it even worse. Like, oh, dicks. And then eye contact. You're like, oh, shit. Well, I guess we might as well fuck. Whoa. That happened. <laughs> I mean, we saw each other's dicks and then we made eye contact. I think technically we're dating. That's why there's <laughs> partitions at urinals. Usually, like, anyway. Because, first off, I don't know. None of my gay friends, <laughs> I'm not going to say for all, all of the homosexual men in the world, uh, my friends, who are cultured individuals, certainly don't go a wheelie watching in the bathroom. No, because that's weird. Yeah, and I don't, you know, I don't think it's like. I wouldn't watch. I wouldn't watch a girl go to the bathroom either. Yeah, like just it's rude, right? Um, and I'm not saying there aren't. Like, you know, but like, my friends are like they don't they don't go around. Uh, dick trolling. They're like, ooh, maybe I can catch a peek. But that partition is there because there's some people that do. They want to be willy watchers. Also, also, there's that pervasive fear that maybe if you see it, you'll turn gay. You'll make eye contact immediately afterward and then be gay, Yeah, which I think is how it happens. If you see a dick and then immediately make eye contact, that's it. Yeah, I learned that's exactly it. I learned that in Sunday school. Yeah. That's what Jesus said. And yea, if thou wouldst look upon a dick and then maketh eye contact with said dick holder, uh, then thou art gay. The bearer to, of the dick. And art to be stoned. So, as soon as you get gay, you gotta get some weed, fuck the guy. You get high and then you'll, you'll fuck. Just get it out of your system, man. Don't carry that around. Like, don't go getting married and having kids and trying to cover for it and then live your life in misery because then you're like not making, making anybody happy. Your wife's going to be miserable. Your kids are going to be miserable. Nobody's going to understand why everybody's so tense. Like, just be you, man. Or maybe oh. that's hell. Maybe <laughs> hell. Maybe that's that's hell. It's like the guy is, is, you know, like he gets just, he has to live a life where he's got to keep in the closet his whole life. And th there you are. And he's like, thinks nobody knows, but th then he dies and the devil's like, ah! You, it was hell. You could have just come out and it would have been fine, but it was all on you and you couldn't do it. So it's a hell of your own device. Uh, but I kind of, I get credit because I, I put you there, but because I knew you'd, I knew you'd feel that way. Um, <clears throat> but, um, but, the, but you see, the irony is it's like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. The irony is that if you would have just said it, then you could have lived your whole life fine. But it's basically the life you lived on earth, you know, but like, um, <sighs> God, this is fire! Fire! <laughs> fire! Ah, this is hell, and I'm here's my hay fork. I'm gonna stab you. Your uh, hay fork? My hay fork, yes. Okay. You know, trident. This, this is fire. You trident, not Neptune. God damn it! Fire! Ah! Yeah, fire! Fire! Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess I, I guess I, I could take up a certain amount of fire when it's hot. But like, if you really get burned, then it gets cold. Like freezer burn. Yeah. Well, no, like you feel cold. Like you start shivering. That's what severe burns do to you. It like kills all your nerves off. And your body interprets it as like being freezing. But the reality is you, all the skin is sloughed off of you. Only third degree, Batman. Yeah, man, it sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I don't imagine it would feel good. So what would your hell be like, James? 
I don't know. I've often thought about if I lost a sense, I mean, which one would be more of a, um, you know, which one would make me suffer more? Because um, I enjoy music and all types of things like that, but I also enjoy watching things. So I think losing the ability to see or to hear or and to hear would be like pretty much a very big punishment. Yeah, but you'd get over it. See, that would that would probably be it. What? Like not being able to get over it. Like if there was some kind of way that like, you know, like if I was like repeatedly blinded or repeatedly deafened or both. I don't know. Mm. You don't think it'd be involve any like like, like it's ironic, like up your ass? circumstantial thing. Well, I mean, sure, put a pineapple on my ass, but like you know, or irony. I'm, I guess you could do iron, ironic shit. Yeah, I put irony up my ass. That would hurt. It's so sharp. It's biting. Sorry, I just ate a piece of pickle and it had a stem on it. Oh. <laughs> I'm okay. I don't know. Like I can imagine, like repeatedly losing everybody I care about. That's just life. I know, but like sometimes you're the first to go, so you're not the one that gets to suffer. So that's your heaven. It's dying. My heaven or my hell? No, your heaven. My heaven? Oh, I'll let you ask me what my hell was. No, your heaven. You dying ahead of everybody else. That's your idea. Oh my. Right. <laughs> it would have been, but I already missed the opportunity. Um. Yeah, but you have so many left. <laughs> they can all be taken away from you, James. I don't know. I don't have a good answer either. I didn't. I haven't really thought about it. But I was thinking about it. I was oh. like, if you're if you're suffering, like, but you don't know that it's punishment, then there's no, like, I was, you know, that that thought of like maybe that maybe Earth is hell. Maybe we're already in hell and we just don't know it. Maybe. Then, so fuck what? I do a podcast every week with James. If this is hell, it ain't bad. Yeah. You know, I'm making it work. It'll be bad, though. I can still get a bacon cheeseburger. What? Because if you, like, you know, every movie you go see, like, ends 20 minutes before the ending. Like, you, like, don't never get to see the ending of something. That would be like one aspect of it. Like you could, that couldn't be like the only thing that would be wrong. But like, if you just were able to like only see the first whatever minutes of a movie, or a TV show, or a book, or like any kind of story that you were ever interested in, even like nonfiction stuff, like you got to hear the news. It's like, oh, President Trump today declared war on, you know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of them. Who fucking cares? He'll get around to everybody else eventually. Um. Yeah, but can you go see the movies with your friends, or do you have to just watch them in a room by yourself? Or I mean, I mean, no one would be able to tell you. Like maybe like that's you know that's part of it. No, but like if you like if that's for, it's that way for everybody, and you oh, go I see, see. All these movies with your friends and they don't see the end either. Well, or, then you have something to talk about over drinks. Like, how do you think it ended? Like, the people I know and the people I hang out with, that would suck. But the endings we could come up with would be way better than a lot of the shit that's out there. Yeah, but when you're suffering with somebody, like they, like they always say, like suffering shared is suffering halved, right? So if everybody's suffering the same way, then you know, then people are hardly suffering at all. Oh, it's not really, you know, you know what I'm saying, but. If you, what if you were the only one that never got to see it? Like you, you and your friends go to the movie, you sit down, and twenty minutes before it ends, like someone puts a um, a sensory deprivation helmet over your head, like you know, or like it automatically appears, and so like you try to like everybody else is able to see it, and you you're the only one that doesn't, and no one's allowed to tell you how it ends. Okay, so what if it's like um, you can masturbate all you want, right? And but. And while you're whatever you're watching or thinking about, whatever that stays there, but right as you come, you think of your mother straddling you and going, Oh, yes, 
oh yes like right on top of you you have a thing about incest don't you no but i like dropping that shit because that's going to happen to everybody who just listened to this that's the curse i give you you're, you can't you're... you can't not think about it the next time you come that thought's going <laughs> to pop into your head of your mother like again i'm adopted right i know you are i you don't have any every time you mention yeah. Having it's, sex with your mother, you're like, oh, by the way, I'm adopted, so whatever. I no, see, that's the sh that's the shit though. Is like my whole life growing up, I got I got caught shit for it. You know, and people like make fun of me. It, it never bothered me. I was never like, oh, woe is me. I'll never. I again, this is my life. I, there's there's no comparison, so I, I don't I don't care. But it's like being born blind. I don't. Yeah, you're like, oh, you, yeah. I don't. I don't. Uh, it's nothing to me. No comparison, but. Now, as an adult, I've learned to wield it. I've learned to wield it like a sharp sword on fire that screams, oh, yes, James, give it to me. Like that. You know, like, I don't know what your mom sounds like. I'm sure that's not her voice at all. Actually, when you said that, it sounded a little more like Sophia Loren, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's like right when you come, it's Sophia Loren on top of you, but with your mom's voice. I'll take it. Yes, James, give it to me. I don't know your mom. I don't know how your mom. Told me. I know. Like when I when I met your dad, he was not at all the man I pictured. But as soon as I met him, I was like, "That's totally James's dad." Like, well, yeah, we fucking look alike. <laughs> yeah, but he was just like you, though. Like it was crazy. Like he was kind of awkward and shy, and like shook my hand, but like didn't really want to. But he was doing it to be polite. Like he's like, "I don't really know you." I'm sure we like that's a vibe I got from. He's like, "I don't." Eh. I'm doing this to be polite because I'm dropping on my son. But like, you know, I'm I'm sure we'd get along great. But don't I just hi yes go go, go do your your radio show or whatever you're doing. Like that's a total vibe that came off him, and I was just like, <laughs> that's your dad. That's totally your dad. <laughs> but yes, but I don't know what your mom's like. I, I've never seen pictures of you with her or anything. So like, I don't know. But whatever you know, what she looks like. And you can imagine what her face would look like as it like loomed over you and you filled her full of semen. This gobbets of it. Pooling on it. Oh, James, you're running down my leg. Why is my mom Irish? <laughs> Again, I don't know what she sounds like. Oh, this is James's mother. Hi, Nick. That's, <laughs> not, not picturing Sophia Loren talking like that. Dude, when I finally meet your mom, I'm going to go, oh, for some reason I thought you had an Irish accent and no one's going to get it except you. And it's going to be inappropriate levels of laughter because you can't tell her. Like you, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know what the relationship you have with your mom, but I, it doesn't seem to me like you're, you and your mom have the relationship where you're like, yeah, this is the guy I co uh, dork with and he regularly makes me picture you orgasming on top of me right so you're, you're not gonna have that conversation you just can't explain it to her and i think that's hilarious all right everyone that's our episode of dork is it i thought we had like 10 minutes left do you have to go no i don't have to <laughs> i really want to and that's hell <laughs> you can't escape james you want to and you know what as soon as that barrel full of sesame seeds is empty and the bitch of it is like yeah, <laughs> the bitch of it is like you know one day the guy's gonna go oh we got one left and you wait that year and you're like i'm free and he goes oh no i found two more right here at the bottom ah geez silly silly me Hey, hey, Hank! Did you see the? Did were these? Did they get? Did they get dropped back in last time? Were they stuck on your uh, your shirt sleeve from the other barrel? No, no idea. You might have gotten stuck to shoot because here's one outside of it. I found one right outside the barrel. Hold on, dude. We're gonna work this out. No, I found like I found one outside the barrel, and it may have gotten stuck to your shoe from before, and it just fell out here. We can't sure. Hey, hey, Tommy, can you come look at this. Look, do you know where this? Yeah, hold on. They, they've got serial numbers on them, I think. We can't... Oh, shit. It's all rubbed off. I don't know. Look, let's just dump another handful of sesame seeds into the barrel, and we'll just go from there and count it out. 
yeah, let's just do that. It's only, yeah, it's only like another uh, two thousand years. You can handle that, dude. At this point, that's nothing for you, right? Yeah, you're good. Let's, all right, so let's go one more time. I'm sorry. Did you say something? What? I apologize. <clears throat> oh, James, I'm coming. I I don't know what your mom sounds like. I can't. You know, remember how um, Chef's uh, parents sounded on South Park? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly like that. Bullshit. <laughs> God I damn it, monster. I would love it if that was your parents, but I have a feeling, a very, very strong feeling that is not at all what your parents are like. Uh, I don't know. You'll know tonight. Right when you come. <laughs> you know I'm coming tonight. You don't come every day? It's bad for your prostate, James. You have to knock one out every day. Okay, I'll do it. Or else you'll get, you get prostate cancer. Yeah. And for all you listeners out there, uh, and I know I have lady listeners too, but yeah, it's your mom's face too. When, when you, <laughs> right when you come, it's your mom's face going, oh yeah, give it to me. I'm giving it to you with this big old strap on. Mm. And it's got one of those little balls in it that I squeeze and it makes the fake cum come out. That's for you. My little gift to the audience. Thank you for listening to almost 200 episodes of this. That's that's your payment. Um, I'm a dickhead and I apologize. But that's what I find funny. Thursday, I'm actually teaching a class on comedy. I had a friend of mine that's a teacher who teaches theater, and she's like, hey, um, could you come do a class, do a, a, an hour with m one of my theater classes on, like, comedy and, like, what, you know, what being funny? I was like, I, I guess. But I'm opening with a dirty joke, like... Mm. <laughs> it's going to happen. Like, and it, it, it has to, because I got to, you know... You got to walk in with credentials. Someone to be like, oh, it's a theater. I thought I was teaching sex ed. Um, it's probably for the best that I don't uh, because uh, I don't think I'm doing it right. Like my wife and I have been together for 10 years and we don't have any kids. So something's wrong. No, that's not That's not the joke. The joke, I, I wrote it different. I was like, uh, like I don't, I've been married for 10 years. We don't have any kids. Uh, so I must be doing something wrong. You laugh, but my husband's just as confused as I am. Like, basically it lays it out it's like so why was that funny and there's all the thing you know like it's a, there's a dirty joke in it it's self-effacing uh there's a twist in it uh it, it makes the authorities nervous like you know all that shit it makes people laugh picturing james coming and picturing seeing his mom's face in his head are you still there james no i didn't think so I am gone. I am the moon. <laughs> uh, and I am Nick Moore. And with that, you have been dorked. You've been dorked. I'm James Brown. That's James Brown. You did good, folks. You hung on. I can't believe. Uh, but Sorry. But I just, have... People just make fun of my name all the time still. It's just kind of weird. It's not like they're ever going to stop, but it's just, you know. James Brown. They make fun of you for that? I mean, they don't make fun of me, but like, you know, like I was at the tire store and they were like, I was like, my name is James Brown. And one of the guys was not even the one that I was talking to, but he was like, hey, good guy. And I was like, okay, thanks. That's... <sighs> the world can't be full of comedic geniuses, James. No. What the would world we do can't be full of geniuses, period. You mean like the singer? <laughs> no, like. Uh, the... Hey, you, you play basketball? That doesn't have anything to do with my name, just the fact that I'm six foot three black. Yeah. Yeah. Same shit. Same shit. Hey, how tall are you? I don't know. Once you get past six feet, you stop talking. You stop you, counting. Yeah, did you, uh, you play football? Luge. I was, a, I was on the Luge team in college. Right, Canada? No, LSU. I was phenomenal at badminton. It was the best. All right, I'll see you later, James. All right, you bastard. Later, folks. Later.
Thank you.